0: Hello and welcome to the Not That MJ podcast. Seriously, we're Not That MJ. We're part of the Uplift United podcast network. I'm your host, Matthew Dvorak, and joined as always by my co-host,
1: Jeremy Jomico. And every week we bring you interesting takes on the hottest topics in sport.
0: This week, Matthew kicks us off. Matt kick us off with something, something I've been thinking about. So, as you know, the... Travis Kelsey now leads the league in receiving yards at 11.50. Behind him is DK Metcalf at 11.20, roughly, I think. Somewhere around there. So, is Travis Kelsey the Offensive Player of the Year?
1: That's a really tough question, to be honest with you. Looking at the landscape right now, I don't see why he wouldn't. Then again, Calvin Cook is really cooking.
2: So, what the Vikings are going to do. Uh,
0: I mean, that dude had what? It was that three or four-game stretch where he had, like, six or 700 total scrimmage yards.
1: I mean, yeah, they they go wherever he goes, you know.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I believe he got extended this offseason, didn't he?
1: Yeah, he did, yeah. Good.
0: Because... Well. Yes, because... I don't know what they got in that water of Minnesota. They're still paying Kirk Cousins for all this, but paying Dalvin Cook was the choice. So,
1: Actually, to be honest, I think um, Derrick Henry's actually leading the lead in rush yards. Yep. About 15-32 already. Might hit 2,000 low-key.
0: I mean, he. we got what? <clears throat> this is week 14. We got three weeks left. he would have to eat to do that. But, to be honest, this was the time he ate last year. Right when the Titans needed it on that playoff push, he had, what, like 170 yards over, like, four games, the past four games, like the last two regular season and those two playoff games. Mm -hmm. Like, that is unreal. So, So who do you think it is, man? Is it Travis Kelsey? Is it Derrick Henry? Is it Dalvin Cook? What do you think?
1: If I have to pick one, I got to give my boy some love. I'm, I'm going to go to Sean Watson. I, I heard a stat the other day saying he counted for almost 84% of their offensive yards total. I'm going to go Sean Watson.
0: Listen, I know, I know you like the guy and everything, but... And it's not his fault that Houston is that bad, you know we know we know good old Bill O'Brien he had fumbled that bag away about as much as you could in that situation, Absolutely. like my goodness, <clears throat> we've talked about it before you trade away nuke, which why, and you only get back a second and like a fourth and a wash running back out of it I mean. You trade away two first-round picks for Laramie Tunsil, while Laramie Tunsil is a pretty good offensive lineman. Don't get me wrong. Two first-round picks for that is not the move. Nope. Not for the money you had to invest into him, too. What, it was like 66 over two years? God, that is disgusting money. It's a lot. Yeah. You're getting that Kirk Cousins contract just to be an offensive tackle for a 2-6 and six team, 2-and-whatever team. Ridiculous.
1: I get it, but at the end of the day, Deshaun is second in the league, passing yards. Touchdown, interception ratio, 25 to 6. No weapons, really, because we know Will Fuller is out, I believe. Um, Cook is also out.
0: No, man, I don't see it. Not for him. I mean, here's the other thing, anyways. Offensive player of the year, we can more or less agree, is probably the non-quarterback Award MVP is always going to be your
1: <clears throat> top quarterback.
0: So. Yeah, it's generally your top quarterback for a for a running back. I don't I don't see a way they would ever vote a receiver into that for a running back, let alone to be put into it. They would probably have to break the um, Eric Dickerson rushing record, mm-hmm. along with a playoff push. I would expect. Um, so. Offensive Player of the Year is usually to me where you find your receivers, your your running backs, tight ends if they're good enough. I think Travis Kelsey legitimately is good enough to win Offensive Player of the Year this year. He, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he leads the league in receiving yards. If not, he's a close second. Um, him and DK Metcalf are both really close. So he has. He's the first tight end in NFL history to have five consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. Five. I mean, not Tony, not Jason, not Antonio Gates. None of them ever did that up to, until him. And, I mean, even if you want to make the argument, he's getting a lot of the looks from Patrick Mahomes, which, don't get me wrong, he is. Sure. Patrick loves going over the middle to him, but mm-hmm. that's going back to when Alex Smith was still taking the job. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's Travis Kelsey. I think he's been the most consistent. Um, I think he does benefit a lot from his environment, but who wouldn't in that situation? I mean, Tyreek Hill is like third in the league in yards, receiving yards this year. So they are both just eating it up from Patrick Mahomes. Um, You know, Kelsey had... Eight catches, 136 yards, and a touchdown this week. He had that same stat line last week. I mean, he's been just, you know, more often than not, consistently turning in the 70, 80, 90, 100-yard games. And, I mean, he's just so consistent and so athletic to go over the middle that he just makes a perfect target for Mahomes.
1: And he's a really, really great route runner himself for a tight end. Yes. He's very graceful with it.
0: Yes, very much. I mean, he's just he almost makes it look too easy.
1: He does. A great pair of hands. He's not a bad blocker. He's a really good all around tight end. But to be offensive player of the year, I don't We'll see how the, the rest of the year plays out. Because you know this other guy, D Hop, uh, slowly but surely putting together a very nice season. Talk about receivers. You know, Devontae Adams is still going off quietly. I think he's, like, tied most touchdowns in the league this year.
0: I think so. I think so. You're right about both of those. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is quietly putting together a very good year. I'm a little underwhelmed with how that offense as a whole looked and how Arizona has looked Eh. this year. Yeah. Um, I'm a little underwhelmed. But I think they still – Kyler Murray is obviously young enough that you can still build around him. Oh, yeah. um, Isaiah Simmons, I think if if Cliff Kingsbury can find a defensive coordinator mm. that can truly know how to utilize that type of player, because I've heard you say before, you know, Isaiah Simmons, Derwin James, you know, all these type of dudes, play they play positionless football on defense, essentially. Anything in the back seven they play. But it, it's such a new thing that mm-hmm. a lot of people – Coaches don't know how to really utilize that yet,
1: correctly. Exactly. Yep. Now, I would even go as far as to say LeBron was the first true person to really, really develop that specific skill set. Because if you can't really develop it, it's going to be wasted. And I would point to Paul Pogba with Manchester United. I know it's kind of a crazy reference, but whenever he's with Man U, they don't know how to really use him. They try to do it with Mikatarian. They try to get um, the defensive midfielder from Chelsea to try to make Paul Pogba go up to a central attacking role because he can do everything, and it's almost a gift and a curse. But whenever he's with France, they know exactly where to put him, and the team benefits tremendously from it. Same thing with Giannis. So I think you have to find a coach who can really, really utilize him. I think you have to make him almost the centerpiece for your defense, talking with um, Isaiah Simmons. He's a special talent.
0: You do, you do. So, let me ask you this: Do in that situation, you personally, because coach, we talked about it. You're taking over the defense when we get this. We get this pee wee team put together, my friend. But in that situation, would you take the position that Isaiah Simmons plays best and try to pigeonhole him into it, and just try to develop that one thing, or would you, as free agency comes and the draft comes? You look at your position on the board and you look at the best player, almost like a best player available on defense approach at that time. Like, hey, this is the best linebacker we can find in this draft. We can plug him in and Isaiah can go move and roam somewhere else. Hey, this is the best corner in free agency. We can plug him and he can do that. Isaiah can roam and go do whatever he needs to do and cover anywhere else he needs to.
1: That's the thing. Personally, if it was me, if I had the opportunity to have that talent to coach and build a defense around, I want him to be a roamer. So just like the latter part of what you were saying, I need to find a corner who can actually cover. I need to get some pass rushers, and I need to get some safeties who can also sort of roam and also cover the back end. Because I want Isaiah to be in the middle, roaming everything. If he wants to drop back, go ahead and drop back. Whatever you're seeing, go ahead and feel free to move. You definitely don't want to restrict him, because he's not good at just, say, put your hand down and be a pass rusher. I think that's what really killed Jadavion Clowney because, you know, I felt about Clowney myself. I think he's a special talent. But if you try to pigeonhole him, it's just not going to work. So the latter part of what you were saying is where I would go with
0: when it comes to Isaiah Simmons. I can agree with that because, like you said, it's hard. You know they you know the old saying, jack of all trades, master of none. Mm-hmm. I, just, I completely disagree. I think it's a strength to be able to know how to do a lot of different – even if you – master one or two just the knowledge to know how to do every position out there almost is such a such a weapon in and of itself is knowledge and not only does he have the knowledge he has like the physique the build the athleticism the talent to back it up
1: you know what it is actually not to cut you off but i was just thinking about that he's like a bigger superior athlete compared to tyron matthew which is what they originally had low-key Time out was exactly the same way. You can put him at corner, free safety, or strong safety.
0: Yes. And you could put him there. You know why? Because he was going to do – he was always going to guarantee to do two things when he stepped out on that field. He was going to guarantee to be a dog out there in coverage. Even if he'll get burned, he – I mean, he will always be 110% hustle out there. Of course. And he knows how to lay the wood. I think it's important for corners and safeties to know how to bring the heat. Definitely. Especially
1: safeties. That's why – I'm not really afraid of a lot of things, but going across the meadow with Cam Chancellor there, <laughs> second-guess myself, man. I, I'm good.
0: Bro, Cam Chancellor or, uh, oh, my God, just the whole Legion of Boom, dude. Earl bro, Thomas could bring it.
1: Oh, definitely. Ugh, but,
0: yes, Remember Cam Brandon, Chancellor.
1: Brandon Browner himself?
0: Yes, man. Oh, that was the other one. God, who was it? Um. I think it might have been Cam Chancellor when he went to the Patriots. If you remember, there's a clip out there of some Chargers receiver going across the middle. And Cam puts an entirely legal hit on him. Like, it was all shoulder. He just fucking – that dude comes across the middle and Cam just lowers the shoulder and goes up and booms him. And this poor dude looks like he's laying out cold, just on the ground, fucking – oh, I mean, it was – And it was completely legal is the thing. Exactly. I mean, they flagged it. But you look at it and you're like, that is – while that hurts. That is just hard football. That's good football. Same thing with – there was a – I don't know if you remember the Vernon Davis hit. Um, Vernon Davis came over. He cut through the middle and came to the edge. And I think it was Cam Chancellor. It might have been Brandon Brown. Or somebody put the shoulder through him to the sidelines. Uh, It was – Beautiful. <laughs> How
1: would you feel like to go across the middle with Patrick Willis or Cam Chancellor?
0: Oh, Maybe even Bobby Wagner. N- no, sir. No, sir. No, sir. Absolutely
1: not. The thing about it is, though, when it comes to Isaiah Simmons, to me, just to put him in a position right now, I think what will fit him the most is probably outside linebacker. I don't know if you realized the way or saw the way the Patriots used Jamie Collins, because whenever he left us, he kind of seemed like a scrub, but it's because he was not being utilized properly. He has to be kind of a rover as well.
0: Listen, I think, we both remember that trade. He did not get traded because he was a scrub. <laughs> he got traded because Bill was fed up with it. I don't know what Bill was fed up with. I don't know. He- you don't. You don't cross Bill at 8-0 and, and get traded to the 0-8 Browns just like that for no reason.
1: I mean, you know, the Browns are trying to win a the championship. They need a good leader. Maybe they saw something.
0: That was a power move by Bill. <laughs> it was the same power move Bill used when he traded Jimmy. He traded the key. He traded what he thought was the next Tom Brady for a second-round pick.
1: Do you know how furious I was at that trade? At least give us one of your defensive linemen. I mean, like, they had a plethora of them. For franchise quarterback, just a second-round pick. I really wish one day we can get a thirty-for-thirty 30 and go in depth of what really happened.
0: Man. Oh, and all that Bill, Rob, Kraft, Tom Brady drama. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, it'd be, it'd be. I would love a 30 juicy. for 30. It would be beautiful. So, but I agree. The best way to. If I was a coach and I was, I had Isaiah Simmons, you build, you take the best players you can at each possible position, and you let him fill in the rest because you know he can do it.
1: Funny thing is, I think they kind of already have it, except for, I mean, I respect Patrick Peterson, but, you know, he's getting up there in age, but he's still a good corner. They have Buda Baker. He used to be cornerback. They moved him to safety. Not a bad safety. Chandler Jones isn't there right now, but he's their premier pass rusher. Now you kind of let Isaiah Simmons roam, but that all has to come together when they're all healthy, you know. It's always tough.
0: It is. It is. Um, so, but I don't know. Hopefully they can get it figured out with him. And I really want to see the air raid offense work in the NFL. It would be <laughs> very, very encouraging to see the air raid offense be successful in the NFL. I would love to see it. It'll
1: take a couple, a couple more years, I think.
0: Probably oh, sure. <laughs> someone's got to be the revolutionary, you know? Someone's got to fail doing it first. True. So, True. and if Cliff I like Cliff Kingsbury, I I really like the guy. I liked him at tech. I never hated the guy. So but if he has to be I, the one to die on this hill for it to work, so be it. I liked his house. Bro, that draft day, that draft day look? Yeah.
1: <laughs> like where to do that at? That's that's what I want. You know who's low-key having a really, really great season? Stephon Diggs. I mean, I knew he was going to be good, but, like, y'all were hating on my boy Josh Allen. I continuously told y'all I would have drafted him first overall. And just let him sit for a year because you can't teach that arm talent, bro. Boy has a cannon.
0: You can't. I will, on his name. I will give you that is that boy can chuck it a literal country mile, but you got to be accurate with it. Give him a year, you can work on it he's he's working on he, it he's he's coming along yes, he is. I think he's finally starting to learn it looks like when to more trust himself in the pocket and not just initially take off number one and also it looks like he's getting a little more accurate with the throws now <clears throat> he had a little bit of a slump there was it like October early November? yeah, he had a few rough games in there he slumped a little, but a little
1: but he was in m v p discussions.
0: He was. For the first half of the season, he was.
1: Yes, he was. So. you know who wasn't? Who? Baker Mayfield. He was second first overall. I don't know if you remember. Oof. Oof. Steak. Kind of like Mitch Trubisky. Uh, He
0: cooked. Who did they yeah, he play did. this week? He... I believe it was the Texans, was it? Last week, whoever it was, yeah. He, yeah, he cooked. He did. Bro, and then. Bro, the poor Texans. How would they let Mitchell Trubisky cook them this week?
1: Bro. Probably the Divas is pretty trash themselves. That's how JJ needs to leave, man. Garbage. I so bad for him.
0: I'm telling you, we've talked about it, and I'll speak into existence. Thanks JJ, shout out. Go to Houston, bro. Join your brother. That would be the most fearsome tandem on defensive line I'd ever seen. If I was a quarterback, I'd piss myself every week having to go against that. <laughs> that poor scout team quarterback, whoever that is so it's
1: too much that too much power it really is though because you still have minka back there It's my guy (laughs) but i know you did go ahead and see the patriots lose it was a bit embarrassing but at the same time man it's not all on cam and i hate that he's getting a bad rap because now people are thinking he's done
0: I watched the. Uh, I actually just watched one of the first take clips as I was getting ready to hop on here. It was the one from today where they were talking about his Cam Newton done?
1: What say you? I mean, this, before you go, I just want to plead for him this case really quickly. Go ahead. When he was in Carolina. His best weapon was literally Greg Olson. Apart from that, Cam was his best running back. And the best quarterback. Now they finally put together some pieces, weapons around the Carolina Panthers. Then they cut him. Now he has to come to the Patriots, an agent, Julian Edelman. We have a few missing holes in the O line. Running back situation. I thought we had a solid running back. I don't know what happened. But uh, Damon Harris is not bad going forward. You lose Julian Edelman. The receivers are not really getting a separation. We had a former quarterback. That is our number one receiver right now. He's our best running back right now. He's our best weapon right now. And he's battling
0: COVID. Yes. Well, that's – and that's my entire point is I'll play devil's advocate here. Okay. It definitely doesn't look great this year. It looks (laughs) – it's been a roller coaster, it really has, right? Because the first couple of weeks, you know, they started off pretty hot and he was doing pretty good. And it was like, okay, Cam's, Cam's starting to cook again a little bit. We'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. And even to his credit for the whole season, his passing has been subpar to say the least. I won't go any farther than that, but his passing has not been great. But he's still having – he's on track to have a career year with the rushing touchdown still. he He's already broken the quarterback – Uh, rushing record for a season, he holds that at 14. He's on pace to break his own record with 15, 15 and 15 games. So the rushing has been great. You're right. It sucks to not have a running back and have to be that guy still, but he's doing it still phenomenally at a pretty high level. What I want is I'm not going to call him – I'll be fair and not call him washed yet. I would like to see – and not just him. I'd like to see everybody – have another year post-COVID, you know, where we had an off-season and we had training camps and everyone's – I think with the amount of injuries this year, nobody's bodies were properly prepared to come into it. True. So while some guys still look like studs, the guys that don't, I'm not going to completely write off just because you kind of went four months at home doing what you could, but that wasn't much. You didn't have the normal – is the the NFL is, a, is almost damn near a damn year-round job. When you're like, I mean, from players to coach, you got to think, you're either training or studying or filming or practicing or playing or some combination of all of them at any given time. And you just didn't. You cut out four months of prep work from rookie OTAs to voluntary to summer workouts to the beginning of training camp to preseason games. I mean, it's no wonder that dudes are tearing ACLs left and right. right. I don't know. I would like to see it in a regular year. I would like to give him another chance next year because – Sounds good. I don't – I've never wow. loved ahead. the guy. I've never loved the guy. I never, hated, I never hated the guy, but I never loved the guy. I never really had anything against him, but I also never really cared. But – it's unfair to call a former MVP washed just yet. Coming off two injured years yep. with and the one year you come back, you know, it's not working with right.
1: anything, man. You got
0: COVID and you, right, he's working with nothing. Arguably a worse off, arguably a more depleted offense than he ever had even in Carolina. I would agree. At least in Carolina. Remember at one point he had D'Angelo Williams and, oh, who was the other one?
1: Uh, Jonathan Stewart?
0: Yeah, or they both had – they. Yeah. and there was a year they were both 1,000-yard rushing the same year, and they had Cam. Yeah. And, yeah. like, because you're right, because Cam didn't have much of – he had an aging Steve Smith. He had a bust and a couple of receivers and, like, Kevin White and – or no, was it uh,
1: – Calvin Benjamin.
0: Yes, that's who it was. Kevin White went to Chicago. Kelvin Benjamin. That's right. And then Devin Funchess after that. I mean, one failed receiver after another drafting there, Buston. By the time you get Christian McCaffrey in 2017, the injuries start happening. You have the shoulder first, and then you have the foot, and then you have somehow a combination of both. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you get unceremoniously kind of let go.
1: Disrespectfully.
0: So... By the time you hot had offensive weapons and Christian McCaffrey and, and like Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore,
2: Man.
0: you kept getting hurt, and then they let you go. So now you're at a they're trash, bro. That offense is <laughs> yeah, so bad. Someone
1: did whisper this thought into my head: with the would the Patriots possibly go after
0: Carson Wentz. <sighs> That's a whole situation on its own. We can get into man. Like, poor. First off, shout out to my boy Jalen Hurts getting the win over the arguably the best defense in the NFL yep. on Sunday. Max. He put it on him. He did so. Boomer Sooner. Uh, that's also three LU starting quarterbacks wow. that started games this week. Shout yes. out Oklahoma QBU. Anyways. Oh wow. <laughs> burr, 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 burr. Anyways. <laughs> So, shout out Jalen Hurts for getting the win, but that is a situation they are having to deal with, to say the least. The Philadelphia Eagles. So, I mean, tell me about how you feel. Do they do they get rid of him? Do they? That's you realize that in twenty twenty one, that is a fifty nine million dollar dead cap hit if you release him after this year.
1: I mean, they have no choice, but I don't see anybody attempting to trade for him you no, how they, i don't know what they would get for him
0: you have no i mean that's true you have no choice jeremy you realize oh. that 60 million dollar dead cap hit because the cap is gonna the whole of the cap is gonna take a hit this year because of covid oh, yeah. yep. you realize that's about to be a third of your cap in that guy because that extension hasn't even kicked in yet until this next year
1: well let, let me make myself very very clear I'm still a Carson Wentz believer. I've not given up on him. So if I was them, I would keep him. I think they went ahead and shut him down for the whole year. I think that's great. He needed that. I think he's gonna bounce back next year. They can get a little some health, maybe some luck on their side. I think I think they have to get a little divorce going with the head coach. I don't think Dougie P is really a fan of Carson like that. I don't know what it is, but they don't they don't click. It's kind of like how John Wall and Bradley Bill used to look. It's like, yeah, they play together. They seem okay, but they don't really vibe. And I think someone someone has to go, and I think it has to be Dougie P.
0: You think the guy that won you the Super Bowl has to go, huh? Got to go. I'm sorry. Got to go. What have you done for me lately?
1: Hey, got to do something, though. Like,
0: And I I mean... whenever
1: they won the Super Bowl, I don't believe he was the one calling the plays, was he?
0: Was it him or was it
1: I forgot the OC's name?
0: Was it Matt Nagy? No, Matt Nagy was in Kansas City. Yeah. Um I don't quite remember, but I I don't know, man. I the more you look at twenty seventeen for the how beautiful it was, the more it almost seems just like a very I don't want to say fluky, but one-off. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it gives me very 2011 Mavs vibes in the sense that, now not that I would ever disrespect my boy Derek or the Dallas Mavericks or the city of Dallas in general by comparing us to Philadelphia because we didn't burn our city down almost literally afterwards because we're not trash. But it, ha- it has very like that we overcame the adversity With Carson Wentz going down, we had Nick Foles with the underdog in every game, even though we're the number one seed. You know, this was our—we beat the Patriots. This was our year, right? Mm -hmm. It has that very, like, feel-good, Philly-got-the-ring-they-deserved underdog thing versus this is how it's going to be for years to come, you know?
1: Do you think they're going to go back before the Cowboys do?
0: (sighs) No. But I also don't think at this current juncture that the Cowboys are any closer to getting back. So I think they both have a little bit of – a lot of work to do to get back there anyways.
1: So when when they're both healthy, you're taking Dak over Carson? Yes. 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 You sure about that? Yes. I understand why you're saying that, but I think you're having – some biasy influence you. I know, listen, Dak puts up great numbers when he's healthy. It's a great offense. But he's never been in MVP talks, at least not that I remember. Mm-hmm.
0: Fair. Fair. I think had Dak gotten a full season this year, he would be in the wow. MVP conversation. wow. I remember when Carson was in the MVP discussion and he got hurt. How yes.
1: close we forget, man? Yes, so he was disrespectful.
0: He was in the MVP conversation up to like week twelve until he got hurt. Yeah, he was born. The only reason he didn't is because Carson Wentz took them to a Super Bowl. Not Carson Wentz. Nick Foles took them to a Super Bowl, I think. I don't know. I, I just I feel like
1: it's too too early to even wanna I understand why you want to give up on him, but it's it's too early for me. Because whenever we saw him actually playing, as he was stepping into his own, that's a franchise quarterback, a Super Bowl winner, MVP. I don't think someone falls that drastically. The only person coming to mind is Wolf. um, Mess up his name, Markel Fultz. And lately, he made two threes the other night, so (laughs) he might be coming back. Who knows?
0: (laughs) Fix that. Fix that hitch in his giddy up.
1: I'm telling you, when he was in college at Washington, he, he he was a baller. He should have been the number one overall pick.
0: I don't know what happened. man. Bro, what happened was Boston looked and they were like, ah. they saw the hitch and they were like, ah, you know what? Hey, Philly, you called about this? Yeah, you can take this. We'll take Jason <laughs> Tatum instead.
1: But in, in 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 um Philadelphia's defense, Jason was not doing that at Duke. I didn't know he was like that at Duke. I watched him. I didn't see anything too spectacular. I liked his length. He was kind of aggressive. Took it to the hole a little bit. I didn't see that from him, though. He's, man.
0: Right. So, but I do think... I don't know, man. I don't I don't know how I feel about Carson Wentz, bro. I think you can't get rid of him yet. I think that monetarily, you just can't. <laughs> I think for him to be a million backup, Jalen Hurts, is a tough pill to swallow. To be honest, I think somebody's going to come knocking for
1: Jalen next year. You think so? I'm pretty sure because Carson is going to be the starter next year. Healthy is going to be his revenge season, coming out in that all black. Look out next year. I'm just saying. Dak Prescott was to leave, what team should he go to?
2: Denver. Someone was, someone was saying
0: Washington. Denver.
1: Denver. They actually have a really, really nice receiving group.
0: Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy,
1: Noah Fouts, that tight end. Yes. It's KJ Hamler is there as well.
0: Yeah, the dude from Penn State. Yes. Mm-hmm. You also have Philip Lindsay, who has been a thousand-yard rusher before. Yep. You have Melvin Gordon, who. Has proven, <laughs> has proven sometimes that he can, it's a little on and off, but. I, I feel bad for
1: him, man, because he really overplayed his hand with that extension with the Chargers, and now they're like, hey, you're disposable. Literally was.
0: Man's thought he was Le'Veon Bell out there.
1: <laughs> I don't know what he
0: was thinking, In man. these discussions. <laughs> and remember when Eckler started doing Eckler things, he exactly, came back to training man, camp, and like, he was like, ah. Ah, right, right. <laughs> like, damn, you can do that too? <laughs> Right, that's what he said. That's what Zeke needs to start thinking when. Because I think, ooh. ooh, I'm telling you, man, I think Tony Pollard has a few more good games and starts eating up more of these um, reps that Zeke has. And I think Zeke's gonna find himself out of a job sooner or later, man, if he doesn't get it together.
1: What's going on with the two one four, man? The whole same Super Bowl last year. I've heard these past two seasons, this is the most talented team from top to bottom. <laughs> Someone tried to compare Zeke to Saquon. It's Christian McCaffrey. I'm like, hey, slow down. But then I'm a hater. Now you're talking about Tony Pollard. What? This is this is what the Cowboys do. This is what makes me sick. It's disgusting. How can you give up so quickly? They paid him, what, $90 million? Yeah, all right, man. I, I guess that's what y'all want to do.
0: I'm not saying it's... A guaranteed thing. But to me, Tony Pollard looks more... Tony Pollard, at least this season, has looked more like he wants to be there. I like Tony, actually. He's, he's, he's nice.
1: He's a good back. Zeke the Freak is supposed to be almost a generational talent. I don't think we can move on from him that quickly. To be honest, try to flip Tony, get some more help. The, the O-line is really getting old and beat up and maybe try to, you know, restructure know. that
0: situation. I know. 100%. I agree. Um, No, and you're right. I That's like I was telling Sam the other day. The O-line is just is old and beat up. They are hurt as hell. We, You know, we moved Zach Martin from guard out to tackle, and then he got himself hurt. I mean, it's been just a rough year for the Cowboys, especially offensively. Um might even be worse defensively, though. (laughs) And first of all, here's here's something that makes me so fucking mad about the Cowboys, man. Here's what I understand. We looked like we had fought. Like, it looked like after that Baltimore game, which was piss poor, by the way. I don't know if you watched that game. We looked pedestrian at best playing those guys. It was 10 to 17 going into half. And I was like, you know what? It's played better than they thought they would. And then they proved me wrong, which they always do. They they always know how to prove us wrong. Of course. So I had to leave. I thought we fully understood that we were in the tank. I was like, all right, we've given up. Fuck it. We're going to go and just – why did we go and just beat the hell out of this Bengals team? The defense showed up for what at that point? For what?
1: They don't want to get their deals restructured.
0: Three like... fumbles in the first half and a, and a scoop and score by Alden Smith for what? To beat the Bengals? To beat a Joe Burrow, this Bengals team? Explain it to
1: me. Uh, the Cowboys just are. That's, that's just all it is. There's no explanation. There's no meaning, no motivation behind anything. They just do.
2: That really makes me mad,
1: though. How can you draft a wide receiver after you just paid another wide receiver 100 mil? Like, acting like you don't need defensive help. You, 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 you let Byron Jones walk.
0: Priorities. Look, yes, I'm not going to pretend that we could have used that pick for some defensive help, sure. But I'm also not going to be mad at uh, CD Lambie. That's my boy coming out of OU. I quite honestly, that's who I wanted when he was still on the board. I wanted CD Lamb to come to Dallas. I did. He was still on the board, so I wanted him. I thought he should have been the first receiver taken off the board. Anyways, I thought he was the best receiver coming out of this draft class. Nope. I mean, I know you think it's Jerry Judy. Not even close. I'm I sorry. think we could think we could disca- think we could uh, agree disagree on that one, but <laughs>
1: And the thing I hate the most is now CD has a lot of receiving yards. So now so now it's almost like a justified pick. Jerry Judy is struggling. I don't know if you saw the tweet he posted the other day where he deleted it, where he was like, at least I got my cardio in. My guy's suffering out there, man. (laughs) Bro, Bro, the Broncos
0: in general are suffering.
1: They are. I mean, maybe, I don't don't know what what they're going to do.
0: I mean, do you think Drew Locke can be that dude? Do you think he can (laughs) be that dude?
1: I think they should try to see what they can get for Sam Darnold. I think we ought to start doing that now.
0: Oof. Yikes.
1: <laughs> I don't know. What, what do you think? A third and a fourth? Two
0: seconds? Probably two seconds. Two seconds and a fourth. That's tough. I'll even be generous and give you two seconds and a third.
1: I don't like the way they're doing these quarterbacks, man. And they need, they need time to develop. Like you know how I feel about Josh Rosen. I'm gonna keep going back to it. It's just not fair. Been traded like three times or twice. Any time to develop, man. We're, it's too much to rush into too much. The process is Josh Rosen on a team right now. I think he's with the Bucks, which like, I personally like. I think he's with the Bucks.
0: Like, I hope he is because you're right. As much as that dude, I, I don't think that dude was a good fit. I wasn't very high on coming out of the draft. He's just
1: 23.
0: He is. But that's the thing is he got you know drafted by the Cardinals. you have a hard year, you fire your coach, you kick Cliff Kingsbury, and you have the number one pick, so of course he wants to bring in his dude and yeah. you get traded. Mm-hmm. You go to the Dolphins, you get beat out by Ryan Fitzpatrick. they draft two attack of Iloa after that. like how are you supposed to this how are you supposed to control that? he can't that's that big business you support though right
1: hey the the rules allow for it. You know, the system thrives off of it. Take advantage of it. It sucks, but it is what it is. I can't blame you for taking advantage of a system put in place. It's idiotic. Because if if I remove you, another one is going to pop up.
0: That's how you play the game, right? Exactly. So. But, yes, I hope Sam Donald doesn't get done the same way. Especially because there is... At the current juncture, there's nothing he can do to make them any better. And it is definitely not his fault how much worse they've gotten. It's not his fault they traded the only good defensive piece they had. It's not his fault they can't draft anything around him. Like, that's not his fault.
1: Eventually, um, whenever they get the first overall pick, Trevor, I don't think he really wants to play there. Do you think they're going to be forced to trade that pick?
0: I mean, d- okay. Say Trevor plays their hand. Do you think they just take Justin Fields instead?
1: Hmm. I didn't even think about that. The reason I didn't think about that is you. If if you have an option to pick both of them, you like I said last week. You have to, have to take Trevor. You just have to. But if he does, force the hand. If it was me, I would really keep Sam Darnold and try to flip that first overall pick for some more picks and just build around him.
0: Do you? Okay. So let me let me ask you this. Say you keep Sam Darnold you become intent on making, you know, trying to make him work, or just see at least try to outflow that contract instead of taking a quarterback, whether exactly. it be Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. Right. Do you take, say, that offensive tackle out of Oregon, who's projected to be one of the top five picks? Do That's you take how you him start. instead and book him in with like Makai Beckton, who they took last year, exactly. And say, All right, we've got you covered on the ends. We'll try to sign somebody in free agency on Save the interior continuity. and we'll try to they need some receivers for the love of God
1: before they go receiver. First of all, you need to fire Adam Gase. Yes. That's the number one thing on the board.
0: I know Matt Patricia is, was a, was very <laughs> unsuccessful. He was not a good fit in Detroit. It wasn't, it just wasn't meant to work. Right. How does he get fired before Adam Gase does in New York? What more do they need, bro? They fired Greg Williams for that hail mary, that blown hail mary call yep. against the the Raiders. You know, Raiders.
1: yep. that was really dumb, dumb, dumb play call too. But
0: how do you send the house on a hail mary? Jeremy, I found something from ESPN. I, I was reading right after the game that apparently that is, like, the only time in all of the Hail Mary – in, like, any Hail Mary situation that play's ever been called. Literally. And, like, any time since it's been recorded that it's been an option for that to happen, apparently no one has literally ever sent that many people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The thing, though, if that's what you're going to do, the secondary whoever's back there has to play back. You can't bite on 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 a double move. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Not against Henry Ruggs because he toasted exactly, you. Exactly,
1: especially Henry. You got to play off. I mean, like 20 yards off, honestly. But,
0: just keep yeah, it in dude, front if, of you. Yeah, if I'm them, I am like, I'm sitting 10 yards from the end zone, from the goal line, <laughs> waiting for it to get picked to somebody, and then I'm just zeroing in on that guy. But don't don't let him get underneath you and beat you for the love of God.
1: <laughs> I mean, so, Adam Gates has to sign off on that, so... I don't see how you, you can cut off the arm and not the, the whole body. They just need to clean house. I don't think you keep anything.
0: No. It's a fresh start. Organizationally, you get rid of it. Yeah, you just have to clean house.
1: I mean, if, my whole thing is, if, if you want to go with the quarterback, you definitely want to clean house, because this is going to be, like, about the third quarterback going around.
0: Who was it before Sam Darnold?
1: Not Geno. Was it Geno Smith?
0: I think Geno might have been the stopgap between Mark Sanchez and Sam, yeah.
1: Yeah, so you got to go with the new, just everything brand new. Because the team was not that bad a couple of years ago. They've progressively gotten worse.
0: They were what, like 6-10 and 10 or 7-9 and nine a couple of years ago?
1: Something like that. They weren't that bad. It's not like they don't have any talent. But they do need some receivers, though. <laughs>
0: But I mean they just from just about everybody on the field to the coaching to it just everybody just looks terrible for them
1: this is what losing does you know I think we should ask ask Sam is how the browns used to he use, used to look huh
0: not for real I mean he's told me I was over there it was a, a couple of weeks or not very re- or pretty recently I was like it's just weird seeing y'all when he's like I know but I think we're finally trying to He's like, we've finally gotten rid of this losing is just what we do mentality that we're finally getting somewhere. And it looks like they are. So kudos to the Browns, man. I know I talk a lot of shit, but shout out to them for finishing with an above 500 season. for The first one in years. It's like no shit. That's just, it's. you got to start somewhere. So may as <laughs> well start there.
1: Got to start somewhere, man.
0: Congrats. Like give it up to him. Bakers look like a serviceable quarterback this year. The tandem of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, um, I think they're still both on pace to finish above a thousand this year, which would be the first time since D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart did it for Panthers. So
1: In that case you gotta trade off some assets. I think you can get rid of David and Joku. Maybe send him down to New England. They gave y'all Jamie Collins a while back. Oh, you might as well just throw Odell in there. Juice has to go. Why not? Just get get you some blocking wide receivers if that's what you want to do. Since this is high school. you know. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Why not, though, right? Wow. Go all all in. You said he's a serviceable quarterback. You don't need all those weapons if you want to be serviceable. If, If you have all those weapons, you need to be competing with Patrick Mahomes. That's just how I feel, but what do I know?
0: Wow. There is some shade going hey, on here, man.
1: God, just being
0: honest. Sam, okay. I just want to on the record that I tried to stick up for you.
1: I'm being just honest. So, though, just true. so you know. <laughs> We're just talking. I'm just being honest. This is what I see. I feel like it would just serve both running backs well to have blocking wide receivers instead of some actual wide receivers, you know? They don't need depth at the tight end position. Nobody's throwing the ball.
0: No, I mean I definitely I wouldn't it wouldn't be bad to trade Njoku. Um He's disgruntled now, I think. Oh, uh, he is. I mean he's been on and off with this whole trade me thing for the past like year or so, right? He has. So I don't blame you. I mean, if you think you're if you think you're the dude and you're not getting I, what you need, I mean it's it's understandable to be disgruntled. I understand that.
1: But so, how do you feel like um, when it comes to the wide receivers who were taken, you know, although we can't really see Jerry Judy perform at his highest, Justin Jefferson really shocked me. I didn't see all that translating into
0: the NFL. Oh, I did. I, I honestly I, – I, I believed it. I believed it. But you still think CD's better? <sighs> I think D's had the unfortunate luck of Dak being hurt. But,
1: but it's not just about numbers, man. Justin is working
0: people. Yes, very much. Okay. But, I mean, time will tell. Time will tell. I think, do I think? still think CD is the best receiver to come out of this draft? Yes, I do. I firmly believe that. But I think this also, just overall, was the best receiving class you probably have ever seen in an NFL draft, in a single NFL draft. Is it? As the receiving class as a whole, yes, sir. Dude, you got to think. You had one, two, three, because you had Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, CD. Uh, Wasn't there another Alabama receiver taken, or not that year? But there was also Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, um, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, there were like six or seven receivers taken in the first round, man. That is unheard of. So, yes, this receiving class is nasty.
1: I don't know. I feel like there's another one that was better. But, no, they had a lot. That's very deep. It is very deep.
0: I mean, there was, what, twenty? Was it 2014, 2013 that Odell and Jarvis Landry were drafted. I mean, there have been other receiver classes, especially in this past decade, that have been pretty good. 2013 was a good one. 2014 was a good one. But – I the think, depth. yes, I think the depth in this one makes it just elite. Time will tell, like you said. Time will tell. Um, but and notice respect to Justin Jefferson, like I said, I have been – what I watched that man do to my Oklahoma Sooners in last year's um, in that Peach Bowl in the college football playoff semifinal was just
1: hey, – Hey, we don't have to talk about it, man. We don't have to talk about it.
0: It's like I've told you, man, it hurts my soul that the best, probably the best display of offense I might have ever seen in a football game <laughs> had to happen against my team.
1: So you're telling me in about, let's say, 20 years or so when your son asks you, hey, dad, how do we play offense? <laughs> Let me show you the peach ball. <laughs> this is how you're supposed to execute.
0: Justin Jefferson had four touchdown passes or touchdown catches in the first half alone. The dude finished with, like, I think almost 200 yards receiving. It was clinical. It
1: was. The things he
0: did to us out there. And, Jeremy, by all the numbers, by by the stats of that season, he wasn't even the best receiver on his own team at the time. Exactly. Jamar Chase won the Bolitnikov, led the league or led the um, country in yards and touchdowns. That dude did that to us, and he wasn't even technically. He was the wide receiver, two on his team, bro. What? Like,
1: so. Y'all just didn't want to play defense. That's all it is.
0: That, too. We had a terrible defense. We got cooked. Deservedly so. But it does not change the fact that Joe Burrow and that offense put on just an absolute show-stopping performance. The man threw seven touchdowns, bro. It was bad defense or not, that's good offense to watch. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm sure we've already talked about it, but still, shout out to my boy Joe Burrow. Rip. Rip.
1: <laughs> I mean, he was getting hit a lot. It was like almost a matter of time, honestly.
0: It was like it a time was, bomb. Yeah. It was.
1: I'm glad he can be out for the year because his body does not need to be subjected to that.
0: Dear Cincinnati, ask for offensive linemen for Christmas. I think Santa will oblige.
1: That might be all they need, really. Still have Joe Mixon. T. Higgins is not bad. Tyler Boyd is still there. I think they still have John Ross. It's not a bad offense. Offensive line would desperately
0: help. Yes. Um... Well, because they I mean—they went out and spent a lot of money this offseason trying to beef up the defense a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. Now, the whole Carlos Dunlap incident was rough. That was not preferred. <sighs> I'm, I'm sure he wanted to leave, man. Uh, yeah, when, he, when you put your house up for sale on Instagram after a loss, pretty indicative that you're trying to get out. Just Jefferson is definitely having a fantastic rookie year. Probably going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I would say he probably does over Justin Herbert and as much respect as I have for Herbert in his rookie year, he's had a great one. I, I just think you, I think it's just Jefferson. What do you think?
1: Just the, the manner in which he stepped on and continues to ball out. I, I want to see, I'd see it play out, honestly. But I mean, Justin, like I, he's really putting, I'm really shocked. I didn't really see all that route running when he was in college. So it might end up being Justin. I wouldn't be mad either way,
0: right? Because I was going to say, all due respect to Justin Jefferson. Justin Herbert is having a hell of a rookie year himself. I did not see that out of him, not at all. Especially for how the situation unfolded that he had to come into. Yeah. You know, you know, Tyrod Taylor heal up, get better, because you got done dirty by that team doctor. But
1: yeah, maybe it was fake. <sighs> That sacrificial lamb, man. I
0: would, I would not wish that fate, that man's fate, in an NFL career. I would not wish on anyone. So, because I wouldn't wish anybody just to get it done like he did, just repeatedly over and over. And he probably goes into situations knowing he's going to have to be that dude, but it still sucks. Mm-hmm. And this one definitely was not meant to be this way. It was not supposed to go this way. So. I don't. I don't know, man.
1: It's, it's definitely tough. Hopefully, he does get better, moves on. I think his time there is done, unless he wants to be back up.
0: I mean, he and he may for a year. He may. He may try to stick it out for one more year and see what happens in training camp. But
1: training camp. Oh no, that's that's just the same going
0: forward. <laughs> We're not yeah. Back. yeah, you're right about that. But for real though, I was a little skeptical of Justin Herbert coming out of Oregon, but he really has he has come on and put on a really good impressive rookie season. Kudos to you, my friend. But are you still are you were you ever high on Jordan Love? I don't think we ever really talked
1: about him. They were comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. I don't really see all that. He does have some velocity on his throws though.
0: He's I agree with you there. He's got the arm strength. He can flick it. He really can get it downfield. I think he really – he had a really good junior year. He had a, you know, not-so-great yeah. senior year. I think he had – he was almost 1-1 one one on his interception-to-touchdown ratio. Um, so not great by any means. I think it's definitely a gamble by the Packers. You know, I, I don't necessarily think this may be true, but it would be funny if it was – what if they took Jordan Love just to... What if it was just a subtle mind game with Aaron Rodgers?
1: Would you hate that? I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't. Because they, they was, did that in the first
0: round. There, exactly. There are very few dudes in the NFL I think you could do that to and get away with it just because... They have the perfect mix of like confidence, ability to back it up, and like inf- just a, the tiniest inflated of their ego, you know, just a little bit inflated
1: Definitely.
0: that you could do that to. And Aaron Rodgers one of those guys because looking, I think if this leads to something this year or in the next couple of years to come, like really like another Super Bowl or another MVP season, I think Aaron Rodgers looks back on it and he's like, "Fuck you guys for that," but also it worked. It, it worked, yeah. Thanks for the fire. And they were exactly. like, "And they were like, that was the plan, bro." So I don't think it's gonna be all hugs
1: and kisses though. they dug done him pretty dirty still.
0: <laughs> uh, definitely. Again, you have the deepest receiver class you've probably had in ever, and you take a quarterback in the first round. You don't pick up none of those dudes.
1: But but then again, I have to look at the Eagles. Like they literally passed up a few receivers I would have taken. Like
0: I mean, well they took Jalen Rager, the to <sighs> yeah, Rager in the first round.
1: He's man Yeah they took Jalen Rager
0: in the first round. No it's dude I enough. no I honestly when it was the Eagles pick I thought they were taking Justin Jefferson.
1: I thought it was gonna be CD,
0: right? He was well no, because CD so, had already been taken by the Cowboys at that point.
1: I thought they would at least trade up to get a number one receiver.
0: I'm telling you, I thought when the Eagles were on the board, they would have taken Justin Jefferson. I said they needed a receiver. He's the best one on the board. Take him. And they passed. For what? For Jalen Rager? Don't know why, but. <laughs> I
1: don't know, man. They try to over overanalyze things. But I think that's what it is. They're just overthinking.
0: Maybe, but I can tell you Kirk Cousins is definitely having a hell of a fun time right now. Throwing to that guy on Sundays. So. It is a hell of a team to not repeat. I mean, they definitely went locked and loaded with the offseason and look like they are hunting for another one for sure.
1: I even heard Powell Gasol wanted to come out, retirement, to play with his brother. I don't know if you heard that.
0: Bro. <laughs> God, Pau is old now, man. He is. <laughs> he looked
1: bad with Chicago, man. I just want us all to forget that. But I mean did you see how do you feel about the whole Houston situation with John Wall?
0: Yes, that's right. I meant to ask you about that. Um I watched a little bit of the highlights off the game. John Wall looked good. He the knee looked the knee looked actually pretty decent. He looked spry. He's moving around real well. Drove in the paint nice a couple of times, so um, did you also see the reports though that James Harden said, I don't give a fuck, I still want out of here. <laughs> Man said you traded for John Wall? Cool, bro. Did the did Brooklyn call yet? KD call about me yet?
1: I mean, I I really, really don't want to see him in Brooklyn at all. Like I really, really don't want to see that. I don't think that's gonna work either way. You can't have Kyrie and James on the same team, like to be honest, I feel like they really need to implement a positionless basketball specifically for Houston. James Harden is not a point guard. He's just a playmaker. So he doesn't need a true point guard. He doesn't need John Wall. He doesn't need Russ. He doesn't need CP. He needs somebody who can shoot. He needs like a 3 and D type of player. But can also make plays for others. Not someone really elite. And then surround him with some shooters. And possibly a big. So I don't the whole John Wall for us like that's cool, but it doesn't really fit his needs. Doesn't do anything for him in, in my opinion because J- John Wall is not even a shooter like that. And I was really excited to him to see him play with Bradley. I think they they were gonna get over the hump this time around. You think so? I I was looking forward to it. I don't know if you saw their interview on all uh, the smoke because they had John Wall on one episode and Bradley Bill on another. They're actually really, really, really close.
0: That sucks. You never you always hate to see dudes that are like dudes that are actually friends in the NBA go and like they're not able to they get one that gets traded or you, you know, business is business, right? But you hate I to know, see business it.
1: is business, but still you have to see what you have first. I feel like they pulled the trigger a little too early, because what what are they expecting Russ to do?
0: I don't know, man. I think I think their whole thing was just shake it up. I mean you, you Bradley not Bradley Beal, John Wall had been hurt for two two years at that point. I think their see, thing was just they need to shake it up and see what's happening.
1: That's that's fair, but see what you have first. Like let's see how John Wall has improved. How quickly we forget, he was really one of the top point guards in the East. Like in terms of being a true point, it was like Chris Paul and John.
0: He was. And he for a while he was actually. Yeah. He was good. I mean, there was there was talk at the time, you know, he was there was a, there was a, a few years in there that the, the, he was in the top 5 debate, I would say for for point guards or Yeah, for point guards. There was, there was, yeah. There were some years in there that he was probably in the top 5 debate. I'm not going to argue that. But Kyrie. Kyrie is polarizing to say the least. <laughs> He's Got so much talent. Um, it's ridiculous, man. But he almost seems too hard-headed to... He, he seems hell-bent on doing it his way.
1: Can you even be mad at that, though? You can no. be, but at the same time, that's what makes him him, right? Gotta appreciate him. I yes. don't like it all the time, by the way.
0: Kyrie can be frustrating, for sure.
1: <laughs> but he is, he's ridiculously talented. I'm going to go ahead and just say, obviously nobody heard me say it, but I was the first one singing his praises saying he's the most talented player I've ever seen before Max Kellerman stole that line from me. But I guess we're seeing the same thing because Kyrie, he has, he literally has the whole package.
0: You excited to see KD come back?
1: I don't like KD. His talent is ridiculous a lot of I really respect his talent so I think maybe give him like a couple of months he should be good like the second half of the, of the season this year I think is going to be very interesting
0: I think it is I think the east is about to get a whole lot more interesting definitely I think the east is better with Kevin Durant in it as well as Kyrie Irving With mean, Kyrie Irving I guess was always in the east but I think the east is better with Kevin Durant in it I think it helps shift that that power a little bit. It gives a little more balance back to it, you know? Because the West is just so (laughs) top-heavy. It really is. So, and there was the one point in time where there was, like, 13 of the top 15 ranked superstars in the NBA were in the West. Yep.
1: So. But you think KD makes Brooklyn favorite in the East come out?
0: I think that Boston is certainly gonna have something to say about it. And I think that Giannis will as well. That you I don't think you can discount Giannis just because he's on the bucks. <laughs> I don't think you should, you know. And
1: to be honest, I'm gonna give you a sleeper team. And you can go ahead and quote me on this. I'm very, very, very interested to see what Atlanta is going to do.
0: Okay, you think Trey Young and Bogdan Bogdanovich are going to finally hit that eight seed and see if they can see if they can make some noise?
1: I mean, they even have Gallin. I've always been a fan of Gallinari.
0: I forgot about that. That's exactly. right.
1: And they still have Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. Man, they're young. That's for sure. They, they are young, but that's what you have Rondo and, and I him. They drafted. I forgot about it. They him. still have John Collins and Clint Capella. Like low key, this team is. They have some shooters. I'm just. I'm interested to see how it plays
0: out. I am too. Um, and let's not forget Miami as well. Oh so yeah, definitely. Jimmy will always. Jimmy's always going to have something to say, whether he actually has something to say or not. You <laughs> know me.
1: Yep.
0: So, I definitely think the East. But like I said, I think the East is better with Kevin Durant. I think it is. Yep. I think the East is better off with him in it. Um, I like the idea. I mean. Even if it doesn't work, I like the idea of this experiment with Kyrie and KD. Oh, so I, it's, it's,
1: they're they're friends. I think it's going to work. I think both of them are smart enough to understand what they bring to the table and what needs to actually happen for them to be successful. So they're yes. going to work. They're going to work through that. They'll be fine.
0: I can agree with that, and I think you know because they have Landry Shamit, they traded for him on draft night. Mm-hmm. Um, they still have Jared Allen at center. Um, and DeAndre nice. Jordan. DeAndre Jordan is nice. Nice veteran presence. Who else they have? Uh, Karis Levert, they still have him? Yeah, they
1: still have him. They still have Dinwiddie, and they have the three-point marksman. forget his name, Harris, number 12.
0: Yes, yes.
1: They have, they have some talent. So. They still have Tyler Johnson.
0: Nice. Excellent.
1: So... So we'll I don't see. know if you saw earlier, somebody was saying if the Miami Heat wanted to trade for James Harden, that they should not include Tyler Hero. I did see that. I don't know what that dude was on, but the only way you can get James Harden is to include Tyler Hero. Yes. I understand the trepidation and not wanting to, of course. But
0: My biggest thing was said person also... Uh, throughout there that Tyler Hero was going to be the face of the franchise, and I think that's wrong. I think they brought Jimmy in for a reason. I think Tyler Hero is going to be the great Robin to that Batman, wow. but I do not think he's the face of the franchise.
1: Listen, I've, I've actually been following Tyler Hero since high school, okay? Buddy he has that drip. He's coming for that face of the franchise. Um, this year coming up, I'm, I'm expecting to see a Devin Booker-esque leap with him. He's the Batman of the show. Jimmy, Jimmy wants to be the Robin. He doesn't want to be Batman. He wants to be the closer. He's going to fill in the gaps where he needs to be. He'll play very hard on defense. But he knows he's not that go-to top scorer throughout the game. So I think Tyler can do that. He, he scores in a world where it's almost effortless. And you look up, it's like, oh, he has 25.
0: So. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but I also agree with you in the fact that yes, there is no deal to get James Harden unless you include Tyre Hero. Like that is that that is the starting point of that exactly. discussion. Exactly. Anything else we flesh out from there is you know money, but that is the starting point of that discussion. So uh, I don't know if you saw. Also, um, Joel Embiid said he got a nutritionist
1: and a personal chef.
0: Good. Tell me, mm-hmm. man,
1: if if he can get in shape and stay in shape. I'm taking him as the best big over Jokic and over A D. Yes. Yeah, you say, think
0: so. You I think say, so?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Wow. That's a hot take. Sterling would I mean Sterling would I mean, <laughs> be proud of you for that hot take, man. I mean
1: who else can do it inside the post when you throw it down to him? Nobody's dominating like that. The only person who I thought would be doing that was Boogie before all the injuries. It really, really sucks for him, man.
0: I mean, speaking of Boogie, I'm excited to see him in Houston, too. That's one thing I do think that Houston was nice to do is pick up Boogie. I would like to I would like to see him come back in some capacity and have a career again. I always wanted to
1: see him play with John Wall. I felt like if he would have went to Washington a couple of years ago, that would have been a different story for him and for that whole franchise, really. You think so? I think John Wall could have... Uh, Help tempered his emotion and just keep him focused on track.
0: Definitely. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, what were they? Kentucky, yes. Yep, Kentucky. Kentucky teammates. So. Yep. Sometimes that connection gets you back together. Definitely. Get you where you need to go. So. That's a hot take though about Joel Embiid. God damn.
1: Hey You think man, so? I'm so serious. When I seen him play, he reminded me almost of a a mixture of a few different people. He's crazy talented. When he was coming out, I thought he should have been the first overall pick. He's really talented. He, does, he doesn't, He does nobody else does what he can do. He can give you 28 and 11 in his sleep. Dominantly, though. You know, Jokic, the best passing big, of course. I love him. I've I seen him coming for a while. AD is just... He's more of a freak. I feel like he's more of a four. That's why I pick a, um, Joel over him. Because if, if you put Joel in the middle and build around, I don't think you can really lose in, the, in a playoff series. Because you saw AD struggle a couple of games in the finals. Mm-hmm. The jump shot is not always going to work. you got to bang in the post and I believe Gerard
0: does that better. But do you think that Ben Simmons is still the answer? Yes,
1: because they have shooters now. They have shooters. And again, like I was saying earlier about playing positionless basketball, Ben Simmons is going to be perfect. Just have him at the point. You can put Danny Green or... Seth Curry at the 2. You could put Tobias Harris at the 4. I think they have somebody else, um, the uh, Tybo, put him at the 3. That is a really dangerous, long, scary team. I mean, if, if Ben can just work on a little turnaround jumper, 15, 15 foot, it will be fine. He doesn't need to be a deep-point shooter. He should at least attempt a couple. He- Yes, that's the thing.
0: It's not even, it's not even like – it'd be one thing if he took a million and didn't make any, and we just a bad three-point shooter, would be like, okay, you know what? You don't shoot him, that's fine. We can work on it or we can not do it, whatever. We at least know. The dude refuses to <laughs> even throw one up.
1: But that's the only thing, though. Apart from that, he's really a baby LeBron.
0: He's, he's very point-forward-based. I think he was one of the first dudes that came in the league probably after LeBron started doing it and really yeah. took that, like, grew up in that school of thought, you know? He's 6'10". I think LeBron is 6'8". He's huge.
1: He is. He that's really
0: a, is. That's a hyper-athlete right
1: there. He really, really is. And he moves like he's maybe 6'6", or something. Nah, no, he... Special, very special.
0: I mean, he can pass, he can drive, he can finish, he can defend, he can defend. I just, I need some type of a jump shot out of him.
1: I mean, yeah, you're right. He does need to like a little mid range game. is not going to kill him.
0: Just some, just some elbow, Blake Griffin, yeah, yeah. Chris Paul jumpers, man. Just become. Shoot the mid-range like DeMar DeRozan, and you know what? You did everything else well enough, we can probably ignore the three.
1: I mean, if, if he was on a DeMar DeRozan mid-range game, that's probably an MVP this coming year. But yes, better than Luca, better, better than Jason, better than Giannis. Because he has a handle, like a point guard. Which is it's crazy. Like his dude is just, like ridiculously talented. Once you really break it down, his skill set does not match his height.
0: It's crazy. It's, but you got to think about it. it. It almost does though. It's not, or rather, it's not unheard of anymore for dudes that big to be able to to ball like that. You know,
1: so to run the offense, be the point. Some people can do it, but to run the point. For a whole game, be the primary it's, ball handler, that's, that's that's a little different.
0: It's still Nobody rare. Doing that. Nobody's it's, doing that. Him and LeBron, you know, because Luka's only, what, like 6'7"? I mean, he's pretty yeah. big in running the offense like that, but you also kind of expect that out of him. Right, right, right. I so know, 6'10".
1: Like, Magic was the last one. He's 6'10", running the point, guarding other point guards. LeBron doesn't guard point guards, at least not anymore. And that's the thing, too. Like, once you get into the whole positionless basketball, have him playing the point, it's a nightmare for the opposing offense. Because now your point guard is going to be under duress. If you have somebody else, he can switch on. You have Thibault still there. This team, you know, can really, really, really be great, especially defensively with Doc Rivers. So I'm really excited about
0: that. I think it was a nice pairing. I think he was very unceremoniously uncere- dubbed from the Clippers. I uh, think he got a little bit of a, a bit of a raw end of a deal there. It is. Ultimately to be replaced by a guy who got the raw end of a deal in Cleveland, in okay. Ty Lue, yep. you know? So he knows how it feels, but he's also like, ah, sorry about your fam. I don't exactly. know what to tell you. As one of my old friends used to tell me, somebody's got to get got. And sometimes it's got to be you. It's facts. I mean, love it or like it, somebody's got to get got, and sometimes it's got to be you. So, um, speaking of the Clippers, how you feel about that Paul George extension?
1: He deserved it. I mean, what else are you going to do, low-key? <laughs> You've invested so much into him. You almost have to. But at the same time, I think he's going to be worth it. Like, we're forgetting what he did to that Miami Heat team. It was really just him. People were were saying you have to ask for more. But it was really just him and David West and Roy Hibbert. against LeBron, mm-hmm. D-Wade, and Bosh?
0: Right. Come and on. even that, you, you only had so much that David West and Roy Hibbert were going to give you. <laughs> exactly. They only had so much of a ceiling to give you, you know? But, yes, I can cool. agree with you there. He... Put in a lot of work in those early two thousand, in the early two thousand tens. He put in a lot of work in those Eastern Conference Finals, going against Miami. Fortunately, could never get over that hump. But
1: I mean, it's LeBron. Like,
0: come on. Right, and on that, on those teams, no less, it just was not going to happen. No. So, but to be with Kawhi now,
1: the team that they have around them, I don't think it's bad. I think it's enough. I don't think they need to be looking for something else. I think maybe a more decent point guard would help, but you you can't have everything.
0: Right. Sometimes you got to overcome something, even if it's marginal. Exactly. It can't be perfect. I, they're they're good
1: enough to to make some noise with the Lakers. So this should be fine. I like them as a team. It's cool. I feel I have mixed feelings about Kawhi, but
0: it's you know it's cool. I can agree with you on the point that what else were they going to do? Because you're right. They had already invested three first round picks and two pick swaps over the next like five to seven years getting in from OKC. That's tough. You literally did it on the whim of Kawhi. If I'm not mistaken, Kawhi came and said, Hey, we can come here, but you need to give me Paul, do- Paul George first. So of course you were going to do move heaven and earth to do it, but it also was the only logical conclusion at that point is that you had to extend him. Because the idea at this point is to have Kawhi and Paul George be there together for years to come.
1: Yep. The only thing is, I was really, really sad for them to see Shea, the point guard, leave to OKC. Because he he's,
0: he's nice. Yes, and I think OKC, other than the Mavericks, was the most surprisingly fun team to watch last year, in my opinion. That's the best if, word to use. If only because it was the Chris Paul Revenge Tour. Yep. Like y'all are gonna dump me in what is essentially bumfuck nowhere to play some basketball, huh? I'm just gonna go take the fifth seed for fun. And it's just like what? So that was that was a lot of fun to watch. I'm not gonna lie. But I agree. SGA is coming up. The I think the Thunder have a bright future. If Sam Presti can hit on some of these, like, plethora of draft picks he's got, they have a bright future. They're really, like, one of the best farm teams
1: just producing talent to ship off. It's
2: all
0: about that business, right? Exactly. They're, like, the, uh, who's a good, like, Southampton or who's a good, like, farm team in the Premier League.
1: Low key Chelsea. <laughs>
0: no, bro, y'all aren't the farm team. Y'all just buy all the farms.
1: <laughs> it makes us a team, like why develop when you can buy? Y'all are Walmart, not good bro. Business practice.
0: Y'all are Walmart.
1: <laughs> no, but probably uh, Juve before Ronaldo came and made it more serious.
2: Okay.
0: I don't know, like a Monaco or like yeah, a... Yeah, Monaco, best one, actually. Yes. Monaco or like the... any of those like mid-level, mid-level like uh, Premier League teams that just sell to everybody else?
1: Or probably, um,
0: I don't know how to pronounce the name.
1: Ajax? Ajax?
0: Ajax, yes, they are a good example. Yes, very much. They're good enough to always win the diversity you know, with, out there in the Netherlands, but they're like, "Eh." and on a really good year, like a couple of years ago, they made that pretty good Champions League run. But for the most part, they're like, you know what? Just keep this money rolling. You need a player. You need a player. You need Christian Eriksen. You need Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Take them. You need Frankie de Jong and Matias de Litt. Go ahead.
2: So. But you think the Thunder
1: are
0: the equivalent of that, basically?
1: As of right now, that's, that's really where they're headed. Because I don't know, like, what's their identity like? What are they trying to really do?
0: Personally, I think Sam Presti is trying to troll everybody and get it to where he literally has all 30 first-round picks one year, at least just in just one draft. Jesus. I think it's his personal mission to collect <laughs> all draft. He wants to do be able to do one year where he just drafts an entire new team, top mm. to bottom, all, f- like, 15 of them. That's
1: quite a feat. I mean, he's already done everything a GM would want to do. You've draft, drafted multiple franchise players, multiple MVPs, right? Um, what else would you want to do? So maybe get, like, the first top five
0: picks It's probably one of his goals. That's the only thing you can cross off, right? Pretty much. I mean, no, it looks like what he's trying to do is just put himself in the best position he can. He's playing he's playing 76ers process ball, if you ask me, you know. But he's doing it in a pretty efficiently smart way, in my opinion.
1: Because they're competitive?
0: One, because they were surprisingly remaining competitive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, two, because, I mean, you have all the picks you could imagine. You, you have You couldn't get any more picks, I don't think, if you literally tried. So,
1: but that's the thing. Like, you have young players who want to develop, and when are they going to stay for the process? Uh that's my whole thing. Because Shea, that's a franchise point guard. I don't, I don't know if he wants to stay for a whole process tour.
0: I think if they hit on these draft picks in the right way, it won't be a very long rebuild. Mm, I guess I think we'll see plays out, man. We will, but I don't think it... I'm just saying I don't think it has to be a lengthy rebuild. I you have enough will. picks, you have enough first-round picks that if you can hit on a few of them over the next couple of years, legitimately there's no reason you can't start contending in the West again. Contending or, in the West? Not contending. Yeah, not contending. Not contending. At least start making the playoff push again.
2: I would agree with that.
1: So, but you're right. Time will tell. We will see. So, do you think the Warriors are going to make the playoffs? Eight seed? Though, <sighs> oh, Clay, it's tough.
0: It is. But they have Kelly Uber. They do. You have Kelly Uber. You have Steph Curry coming back off that, off his hand injury. You still have Draymond green to help on defense. Um, you have James Wiseman. You're right. It depends. I think now is a good time as any, especially without Clay, to go ahead and get him some minutes and get him rolling. Um, I don't think you have to overwork him. Of course, you don't want to, you know, burn out the rookie and kill his confidence on anything. But it's trial by fire sometimes is the best way to go. It is. And in that team, there's enough coverage that it may be the best thing for him.
1: Right. Do you have do you have a black horse for the Western Conference?
0: Ooh. Phoenix, man. I, I, mm. Devin Booker, if he can keep fi- – he caught fire in the bubble. Fire. That dude was lighting it up. If he can keep that same thing going, then who knows? I think they can make a push. Now, do you mean to make the playoffs or contend? Uh, really?
2: Contend. Sneak into the playoffs. Contend.
0: Just to contend, Dallas. No no no, I, no, 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 no. No homerism involved here. For real, they've made some money moves this offseason. And I think they're in a pos- No. Ah! <laughs> y'all, dump the, y'all, y'all dump the Marcus Aldridge yet? Nope. I thought so. I thought so. Hey, but he's shooting threes now. So... <laughs>
1: I don't know if the Lakers want them or something. I don't
0: know. Uh, what would y'all know? Anyway, <laughs> anywho's no, I think the Mavericks could legitimately make a push for the Western Conference Finals. Now, getting beyond the Lakers or the Clippers is still a different story, but I think there's no reason that they couldn't make a push for the Western Conference Finals.
1: You know, like a part of me really wants to just hate on them. But I I believe in Luka. I like him a lot. And they are good enough to make Western Conference Finals. But I feel like Phoenix is going to knock them off. And to be honest with you, my sleeping horse, the Pelicans.
0: You think it's time for? I
1: think B.I. has something to say. I think Lonzo was tired of being disrespected. He's now the official point guard. Drew is out of there. And
0: Zion making his return. We'll see. Man, we will. I I'm happy Brandon Ingram got paid. I am. I'm happy that once he moved to New Orleans, he seemed to have finally found his rhythm and his, his kind of his pace, you know? Yep. And he found his shot.
1: He did, man. It was tough.
0: I feel like Kyle Kuzma
1: is just watching with a little bit of jealousy. Just a little. Pro- mm. I mean, do come th- on. B.I. is the man now. And hey, he gets the ball in his hands. That's what Kyle wants to do. You can tell. Oh, by the way, I think this year, though, he's going to play more disciplined.
0: Do you think, in your opinion, Kyle Kuzma was the one that LeBron wanted to keep or the one that he couldn't trade?
1: I think he's that's the one he wanted to keep. I feel like there's going to be some friction because Bi he needs to be that that starting three, like the on-ball three, like the star. I mean, LeBron he just he can't shine under LeBron. I think LeBron knew that, so he he definitely had to go. I think LeBron would have wanted to keep Lonzo, honestly.
0: But he was, but I think Lonzo was definitely part of the package that helped definitely move the definitely. whole thing along.
1: I think uh, Kyle, I think he's the best one LeBron would have picked because he's energetic and he can score. Well, he was back then scoring a little bit better compared to Alonzo and um, B.I. So it has to be Kyle who stayed.
0: Okay. Okay. I was just curious because I always, I always wondered how that would play out like down the road when those dudes right. meet up again somewhere. If there'd be blood, blood or animosity over the whole thing or if it's just like, you know yeah. what? It was just some fuck shit that kind of had to happen at the time. Yeah. So. I, think, I
1: think everybody's happy with it. It had to happen. They had to move on. Because if you think about it, what was B.I. supposed to do? Come off the bench? Or was he really going to start? Because he still has to develop, you know, grow into that role. And he just you can't do that under A.D. and LeBron. Because you already have to be established similar to Kevin Love or Chris Bosh, you know?
0: Right, right. It's hard to like
1: find, find your footing. That's why Kyle has the toughest road. But if he can learn to gather the information from LeBron, then you know, LeBron might leave. Who knows? In a few years, And it could be Kyle and AD. Who knows?
0: I agree. I agree. So, i I just think all of the young kids at the same time wasn't the right fit, and that and they just had to. Some of them moving on was probably for the best for them. To be honest. Going to New Orleans is probably definitely the best thing for Brandon Ingram, I would say. And I think for
1: Lonzo, actually. You think so? I think, yeah, B.I. would have been fine anywhere. I think Lonzo needed to be at the spotlight so he can find himself, do a little bit of soul-searching. Because, I don't know, his lack of aggression is very concerning. Like, I just, I don't I don't get it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think the whole... I think all the hype behind him, you know, besides the stuff driven by his dad, um, I think the hype that came because of what was driven by his dad, it all was just a lot for him to come into, especially in L.A., on the Lakers, you know, that storied franchise. I think you're right. I think he probably won. It probably didn't hurt his feelings that he left. No. Nah. He was probably like, thank God, man, I can just <laughs> chill for a minute. That's Jesus. Amazing. Breathe. It's like, give me this Duncan. Give me this fucking hyper Duncan kid from Duke. That's fine. We'll we'll rock with this for a minute.
1: Don't sleep on them for too long, bro. They're slowly
0: coming, I think. I don't think it's slowly. I think Zion is hungry. (laughs) But
1: then we can't really leave out John Morant.
0: No, I was wanting to get to them. You're right. Thank you for bringing me back around because
1: low-key, that team is actually pretty good. I dude, think they're, they're actually going to make some noise because Jaron Jackson hasn't really come into his zone. But I think Ja is starting to step into his own, so this year it might be coming out party for
0: him. Oh yeah, dude! They came, they made the push for the eighth seed against Dame and um, Carmelo Anthony and those Portland team. Like they were coming and they were coming hard.
1: So that was Dame and and Carmelo, huh? Yeah. Right. Anyways, yeah, yes, they, were, they were coming hard.
0: Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're going to come win the title or anything, but they that was a you can't tell me that eight nine game was not good basketball. That, that was, was good. Stuff. That's just the fact that you
1: disrespected Carmelo, but now you've seen better, so now you want to give him respect.
0: I Guess look, look, take the respect or not, but <laughs> take it what you will. But I've never. Other than maybe like Russell Westbrook the year after KD left and he really had something to prove. I haven't seen just such animosity and anger and like emotion rolled into one watching someone play than I do watching John Morant. Combined with his ballsiness.
1: Yes. I remember when he was going up against was Westbrook and James? He was pulling up from the parking lot with threes, like letting them know I'm here. Like, oh, buddy, he's yeah. difference. Yes, he's a
0: dog. Yeah, dude. What did he say against James Harden? Someone tell that motherfucker I'm here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm here.
0: Yes. No, dude. I've he openly and brazenly disrespected Aaron Baines. <laughs> I've never seen hey. somebody attempt to baptize Kevin Love. <laughs> Admit... Jeremy, it was the dunk of the year to me, and it was a miss. I'm happy it was a miss. I
1: I like Kevin, man, especially when he was with the Timberwolves. He does not need to go out like that, man. You got to show respect to your elders. That's where we come from. Can't be doing stuff like that, man. That, That is too much. That is too much.
0: It was the most disrespectful thing I might have ever watched on a basketball court. Only thing that makes it more disrespectful then the LeBron James on Jason Terry dunk <laughs> is the size difference. You know what I'm talking about, too. That's
1: what I was thinking about. Because that was bro.
0: disrespectful as hell by LeBron. way. looked at him? Bro, he literally – Jason Terry sat there and was like, I'm just going to take this charge. It's going to be a charge. And LeBron just flushed. It wasn't even funny. But the only thing that makes Jaws more disrespectful is the size disparity because he yeah. literally went – Nuts to Kevin! Like Kevin Nuts' <laughs> face, bro. It was, and he look. He looks like he has no fear in his heart ever. He
1: Doesn't that's the thing? That's the thing. That's that's what's scary about him. Like he's going to try it. Don't don't slip up against him. He's going to embarrass you. He wants that. He's he's a showman. I think Memphis really really got one right there, bro. He's
0: special. Yes, yes. I. Ooh, because like, you know, coming out of coming out of the draft, I was like, it's a lot of, you know, he had that triple double in the tournament. It's some hype, you know, he's athletic, but we'll see. Nah,
1: <sighs> for me, I knew he was going to be good. When you watch him play, his 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 basketball <sighs> intellect was taken over. He's a real point guard. He's just he's not just an athletic freak like a Dennis Smith Jr. He can shoot. He's going to get better shooting. But he really lacks playmaking for others.
0: I can I mean, and that can come in time. You know, the assist game. The it's already that here, can... right?
1: I mean, it's, it's not on par with Luca. I guess you're so.
0: No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I I misunderstood what you said. That's my apologies. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. Um, but yes, dude. He's he's already so good, and I just. Like I said, other than Russ in the past several years, I have not seen anybody just go so, so, like, angrily hard. Like, the man just looks like a ball of pure rage and emotion out there with the the chip on his shoulder. I love Love it, dude. It, It is such good basketball to watch. That's what Lonzo needs, just
1: a little bit of that. Yeah, he is pretty... He seems very blank-faced. <laughs> Lax, if you will. I, mean, I guess that is good at times. But certain times, people are going to look to you, being the point guard, like your demeanor sets the stage. Like, it's making showtime. Like, his brother, LaMelo, he has it.
0: He does. I will tell you that LaMelo definitely has, like, the... He has the flash. You know, mm-hmm. he has the zest. So... Do
1: you, do you still think Lamelo's going to be the best out of all of them? To be, I just I want to see Lonzo. I want to give Lonzo two more years because he actually did shoot the ball much better this past year. I think for like down the last couple of months, he was hovering at like 46% from three or something. He was really shooting the ball very well. So new shot formation, I want to see it develop more in like about two years. But Lamelo. Uh, six, seven point guard. That's nice. That's very nice. So, if I had to pick, still, I'm because what Lonzo has, you can't teach. You can always get better shooting. You can't teach passing. You can't teach the feel of the game. But the only thing that's a detriment to Lonzo is his aggression. Or that's the other of. thing you yeah, lack thereof, and that's the other thing you can't teach aggression
0: either. You either have it or you don't. So. Yes, yes, I've. That's true. That that part you can't really teach. You can, you can teach the fundamentals that go around it, but you can't actually teach the attribute itself. So,
1: but maybe playing with Zion would help. So,
0: yes, hopefully, because that dude is also just stupid, <laughs> stupid athletic man, and just he's nineteen <sighs> years. Old oh, twenty maybe now, but it, oh, oh, it's all I can say, man. It's not even, and I have no doubt he's probably gonna hit. I it wouldn't surprise me if Zion gains another two inches in height. Dude, did you see that Jason Tatum grew two inches this summer? He's six ten now. What? Yes. When was this? The summer, you but say? I, this was, um... Wow. I saw it on ESPN. I think it was an ESPN post on Twitter. Apparently he's grown two inches over the summer, and he's listening at 6'10 now. Jeez.
1: I think the same thing, something similar happened to Paul George
0: before he took off. It wouldn't shock me. I mean, yeah, it, this it is... It's not fair, man. I'm telling you, Boston's really about to be good this year. It wouldn't shock me if... Boston comes out of the East.
1: I have something that might be a little maybe blasphemous to say. might be a hot take. Yeah. Kemba Walker is not that dude.
0: I would agree with you there. That's not a hot take. I don't think Kemba Walker is that dude. I don't think – unfortunately, he spent too many years in Charlotte to ever develop into that dude.
1: He was never that dude. He's cool. He's really quick. Step back is lethal. I don't... He's just... He's not consistent enough.
0: The cardiac Kemba thing, you know? I mean, it's nice. But he's not that guy. He's not that guy. I'm not going to argue with you there at all. He's not that guy. He is... Maybe the third shooting option on that team. Maybe fourth, depending on how Marcus Smart's feeling that night.
1: (laughs) Marcus Smart, though, man. He really came out there with the strap. I I was... I remember watching the game, and I was like, is that Marcus? Like, since when was he a shooter? Like, when did this happen?
0: So, here's the thing. The dude's always been taking the shots. He just ain't always been making. He, his <laughs> three-point percentage has not always suspects. been. It's been, yeah. But, because what do shooters do, Jeremy? Hey, they shoot. Keep shooters shoot. Yes, dude. Yeah. Jer- I know I've, digging, I've given you a lot of JR Smith slander over the years, but the yeah. one thing I can respect on that man is the confidence because Absolutely. he is pulling up 30 times a game, whether you ask him to or not. He's shooters, they shoot. He's doing it. Um, but I just respect their. I, I really like their young core. You have Marcus Smart. He is <sighs> one of these days. Marcus Smart is going to win defensive player of the year. I'm calling that. I'm calling that. He'll win defensive player of the year at least once in his career. But even if he doesn't, you have – he's probably a top five perimeter defender, I would say.
1: Perimeter? We're including one through the three, right? Yes, yes. Are you saying he's top five? I would say so. Okay, so with him and Patrick Beverly, I don't really see – maybe not so much Patrick. I don't see Marcus Smart as... I see him as a little bit of a better defender than Patrick, but they're just more of a nuisance. They're just really annoying and very aggressive. And that can frustrate you on the offensive side, but I don't really... Not to be disrespectful, but I don't really respect them as true defenders. I respect Marcus Smart
0: more than I I do Patrick. I think that there's no reason that those can't be coexistent. I don't I don't see the you don't have to be a nuisance to be a great defender, but there's no saying that a nuisance is not also a great defender, you know. That's
1: true. But I think the the thing that is at their disadvantage is just the size. What are they gonna do against KD and LeBron? To be a, a really top five perimeter player. You know what I mean? Cause then to me that has to be automatically Ben Simmons, Kawhi, PG. I put Giannis up there. I can't put Marcus in that group. Pat, no, there's just a pest. But I do believe Marcus is a better defender than Pat. Let me just say that.
0: I listen. I'm just saying he I has agree. he has great defense. He does though. He's a really great good defense. defender. He is really good He'd defender. Well rounded. He hustles. He does. hustles so hard. Um. And then you combine that with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and I think you're getting somewhere in the East. Definitely. Definitely. So I think you watch out for them. I think – I don't know. The team's still to watch in the East, other than Giannis, of course. Beyond Giannis, watch all your kids. Other than that is the Nets. I think that it is an interesting experiment. Not to mention you throwing Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni into the Kevin Durant and Kyrie mix. Go Steve Nash for getting that coaching job, by the way. Respect to him. I like the man.
2: So. So we'll see. (sighs) Anything else you got? Nah, I
1: don't have anything else right now, man.
0: That's all I got. One more thing I will ask you we can we can use this or not, Travis Kelsey, does he end up being a top one of the top three tight ends of all time?
1: You know, I hate that question so much because I feel like Gronk is being disrespected, and it's only because Gronk was injured, that's why we're even having this conversation because he didn't get the chance to put all those consecutive seasons together So, saying that, I will go ahead and say, Travis Kelsey. She's gonna go down top five. Easy. You have to.
0: Who do you think it who do you think it is? Who's
1: your top five? Top five tight ends. And yeah. this is, might be a little. I'm just going to say I think this is not in order. Tony G. Okay. Shannon Sharp.
2: Okay.
1: Aaron Hernandez. Gronk. I'm I'm projecting, okay. Darren Waller, he's he's nice, he's smooth, it's almost effortless. I'm picking him over Travis. I said that. Aaron Hernandez. Listen, man, listen. Whenever they were both healthy, he was on pace to set the NFL receiving record before he got hurt. Aaron Hernandez, as a receiving tight end, was a lot better than Gronk. He was a mismatched nightmare.
0: He was. And they had they had easily probably the best two a tight end system, definitely at the time, arguably probably all time. Ever,
1: yeah. Not close because you can put Aaron back in the backfield, you can split him out wide. Nobody's messing with it.
0: I would probably go in no particular order Tony Gonzalez, Jason Witten. Mm, I think you have to put Antonio Gates in there. I understand. Um, I would put Antonio. Mm, I think you could put Antonio Gates or Shannon Sharp debatably somewhere in there. Possibly both. Definitely one. I would put Antonio Gates. Um, I would agree with putting Gronk in there. Um, He may not have as many numbers as like everybody else. He may not have the most flashiest thing, Um, but he is definitively one of the best receiving tight ends. And, well-rounded tight ends in general because, like we discussed Absolutely. before, his blocking is the best from a tight
1: end I've ever seen.
0: Probably you can literally ever.
1: put him one-on-one one with some elite defensive ends. He would hold his own.
0: I think debatably after it's all said and done, George Kittle might have something to say about that. But as, as right now, but as far as right now, but as as far right now, yes, Rob is definitely the best blocking tight end I've ever seen. And I think at the end of his career, Travis Kelsey is number five.
1: I am not know, Darren Waller,
0: man. Listen, he's good. That I'm game he had the other day, he had what, 200? He dropped a 55-burger on me in my fantasy game. I got whooped. Thanks. Whooped. So, we'll see. I think, because I was looking up this list, I was looking at, like, the most receiving yards of all time. It's still Tony G. Second is Jason Witten. Third is Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates is hundred and sixteen touchdowns to the tight end though. <laughs> this up, man. Bro, cause he was he was like the That's most surefire. Yeah. Well, he was the most surefire end zone fade I've probably ever seen in my life. Yeah. Other than like maybe Randy, maybe. But like as far as if if the Chargers were playing with Philip Rivers and Antonio Gates were on the field in the red zone, you knew what was about to happen. Okay. We're about to put it in the back. We're about to put it in the back for Antonio. He's going to put hands on it. He's going to come down with it. So, I mean, it is nasty. One thing I do will say, though, Travis Kelsey at this current juncture of his career has the most receiving yards per game of all tight ends, 70.8. The next highest is your boy Rob at 65.4. After that, it is Kellen Winslow at 61.8, and then everyone else is somewhere in the mid-50s.
1: I understand. but How do you feel about me putting um, Aaron Hernandez up there?
0: Controversial. Definitely a hot take.
1: Um, That's a talent, though, man. He's always been talented. i about to say, notwithstanding.
0: Strictly? Notwithstanding everything off the field, yes. On the field, I think I think he was a mismatch. I think he had the unfortunate luck in that aspect of not being able to have more of a career, to yeah. definitively say for sure.
1: It's like, you remember, they started him at running back, and he ate.
2: Like, he was just – he was so hard to tackle.
1: Exactly. He was really a wide receiver in a tight end's body.
0: I mean, he had no fear. That's one thing I do respect about tight ends is you can't have fear about going over the middle and he had no qualms about going over the middle at all. Not at all. So, but we'll see, man. We we shall see. I don't know. Travis Kelsey might be the most just absolutely electric tight end I've ever watched play. Wow. Electric. Yes. Not necessarily the most clinical, but because I think the most clinical I've ever watched play, other than Tony Gonzalez was Jason Witten all those years. Huh. Um, I think Jason, or not Jason, Jason Kelsey's his brother. That's the lineman. Travis (laughs) Kelsey, I think is the most like athletic, athletically gifted. Now, yes,
1: he can start a running back in the game in a playoff game.
0: Okay, it'd be interesting. Um, I think Gronk is the freakiest, the most yes, dude, the most powerful. Just like the, I mean, that dude was just six seven of pure, just muscle. You know, and he is huge. Very hard to tackle. Very, very
1: hard to cover. How do you – you can't hardly cover that. I don't – like the only thing I could think of would be a – I think they used it one time in the end zone uh, cam on him or maybe try some Isaiah Simmons on him with the length and size. That's all you can do. I don't – you can't try to go physical with him. It's not going to work.
0: Gronk right now is third all-time – on the receiving touchdowns list for tight ends, it goes: Tony Gonzalez at one eleven, or Antonio Gates at one sixteen, Tony at one eleven, Gronk at eighty four. Surprisingly, Jimmy Graham at eighty, but that's a conversation for another day.
1: And Jimmy, that was a weird situation, man. Right? How that all ended in New Orleans,
0: right? It just—it felt—it just felt, it felt yeah. wrong. All of it
1: felt wrong. And then he and wasn't like, able to really find himself in with the Packers.
0: It was just weird. When he went to the Packers, he went to the Seahawks for a while. Like he went to he's on the Bears now and it just nothing seems to be the same. Yeah. Which is unfortunate cuz he was such a money tight end for Drew Brees for a long oh, time. Yeah. But so was Jared Cook. I think so. I'm glad Jared Cook got out of Oakland. I think he's better in New Orleans. Definitely. I wish I wish Delaney Walker would have just panned out just a little bit
1: more because a lot of the yards he put-up did not go towards winning, you know. Empty um, calories? Yeah, you know, just like Vernon Davis. He, he was a freak as well for a tight end position. We're kind of being disrespectful because he was really one of the true freaks. I think he actually ran like a 4, 4 or 5.
0: If I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't know about that, but I know yes, Vernon Davis for a long time was that dude. I respected him a lot. I liked watching him play. Bro, and Greg Olson, too. No disrespect to Greg Olson, but man. because I didn't realize how high up here. He looks like he is fifth all-time on the receiving yards list for tight ends. That's another thing. I think that if Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes are together for another seven to ten years, I legitimately think Travis Kelsey could easily pass Tony on the receiving yards all-time list.
1: And just for clarification, it looks like Vernon Davis ran a four three eight. I don't know if that's official or unofficial, but
0: is <laughs> it tight end?
1: Yes sir. Six three. Damn. Two twenty-five.
0: God bless. That is That's a lot of body moving that quick, man.
2: It really
1: is. It's not a game.
0: No, that's why it's, I I don't know. Do you like the draft process? You know, I think it could be improved upon.
1: Like the the whole thing about asking them those ridiculous questions to test their mental fortitude is a little bit,
0: it rubs me the wrong way, to say the least. Because, yeah. I can agree. I think they get unnecessarily personal and rather pointed. Um, and I know the entire point is they're trying to push your buttons to see just kind of where you are, but I don't know. I don't think that – I think that sometimes they ask questions that are irrelevant of football mm-hmm. that, that don't matter to the situation at hand, you know. Right. Um, I think the draft process could be improved upon. Um, I think, not even necessarily what they do in the draft process, like what they put the players through, um, at least physically, so much as how they evaluate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and I think you're starting to see it. You know, you you have to change the way you look at things sometimes because the game changes. You know. Defense is different. It's more of a passing league now. It's very offense-friendly. So you have to just adjust and adapt and fly. But I think that's more what needs to change is the way you look at players, is the way they evaluate players, not necessarily the draft process itself, you know?
1: I can see that. The thing is, so like, there's just so many players. It it is at times very beneficial for a combine of, of that sort, you know? Because I'm thinking that the NBA, at least I haven't paid attention too much, but it doesn't seem as comprehensive, you know? I think like the right. one-on-one is more, and it's it's easier to judge, because all you need is a gym, a couple people in there, it's easy, but, so.
0: I can agree with that. It's a lot easier to evaluate something that you can throw a game together that easily, yeah. in essence, versus something where... You know, any given play, what I did could be dependent also on what this person did or what that person did or exactly. what assignment or play failed. You know, so I understand what you're saying there. Thank you all so much for tuning in again with us today. Be sure to follow the show at, at Not That MJ Cat and like and subscribe us on YouTube. Leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. It'll really help us out. Until next time, we'll see you guys.
1: Peace.